Welcome back to Let's Learn Something. I'm your host, Paul McTavish. And so, we have reached the end of the 2020-2021 school year and the start of summer. For many, this has likely been the most challenging year of their career. And for all of our superannuates, this marks the end of their career. Today, I get to speak with one of our superannuates from Prairie Spirit School Division, Mrs. Lori Jeske. You'll likely know her as our Director of Education. For listeners of the podcast, you'll remember that we spoke with Lori in our first episode. And as we transition from this year into summer, I could think of no one better to chat with about where we've come from, where we are, and where we're headed in PSSD. Sit back, join us, and let's learn something about a career in Prairie Spirit School Division with Lori Jeske. I am super excited to have Lori Jeske back on the podcast again today. A, as I was just saying, a repeat customer, which is uh, very rare. So we must have <laughs> thought the first episode was fantastic. So very well done. And the reason that we wanted to chat was partly because we said we we're going to chat again. And then the second reason why is because you went ahead and retired on us. I wanted the chance to chat with you uh, before mm. you were done here uh, at the start of August. And you gratefully obliged. So thank you so much for that. And I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today. My pleasure. So we're going to kind of just delve through a little bit of um, partly your career, partly what your thoughts are, and partly where you think Prairie Spirit is right now and where we're headed and all that kind of stuff, which I think is a great way to kind of wrap up this 2020-21 school year. I will just kind of, maybe we'll start back at the start. So you obviously started as a beginning teacher at some point, some, uh, some, some time ago. When you think back to where you were at when you did that, why did you get into education? What was the thing that drew you to it? That's a great question. Um, my parents tell me I started teaching when I was three, um, <laughs> yeah. which is, boy, I feel bad for the stuffed animals that endured and my younger brother, um, <laughs> yeah. who did become a teacher as well. Um, uh, but my dad was a teacher his whole career, and I uh, vowed basically I would never become a teacher because I felt like every other kid in the world got more of him than I did because <laughs> yeah. he was a coach, right? And he he was always doing stuff after school with kids, whatever all. And I thought, well, that that's not the way it's going to work. And I and I actually wanted to become a famous trumpet player and oh. travel the world. That didn't go well. And <laughs> yeah, and my parents let me play violin, not the trumpet, which uh. I still will take the trumpet at some point. But uh, when I finished grade 12, I went I worked at camps in the summers. And when I finished grade 12, I got uh, this beauty job at Canada Post. Uh, I probably never had less than $500 cash in my wallet. I, it was it was lucrative. And yeah. there was this long career ahead of me uh, making a lot of money. Yes. And I would start at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, what took the person who was training me most of the day to do, I could get done in about 30 minutes. Mm. And then the rest of the day lay ahead of me in a very small town post office where sometimes three people came in in the yeah. day. So I was very quickly bored, started to read kind of anything I could get my hands on. And I had been a reader, of course, before, but um, so many people were saying to me, like, how come you're not going into education? (laughs) And I think that I had fought it for a very long time. And then I just decided I'm going. It's what it's really what I I knew in my heart of hearts I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. Uh, Left the high paying job and (laughs) Got into started to go to university, which is <laughs> yeah. which is really awesome. But, That's interesting. I so my mother was also in education, uh-huh. and I wonder. Just I have a very similar story where it was like. I fought against education for a long time. It was like, well, you should be a teacher. I was like, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Why would I do that? <laughs> right? Yes. And yes. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then there was a transfer. I went transferred from the University of Saskatchewan to Jamestown, um, North mm-hmm. Dakota, to Jamestown College. And they didn't have the program that I wanted, but they had education. So it was almost my backup kind of thing. And I just wonder if that's almost like a common thing huh. with teachers' kids to be like, no, I'm not. Or maybe it's just making like you're going to make your own way, right? I'm going to do something right. that isn't what my parents do. But I just I think that's kind of funny. So that is cool. Yeah. yeah. So where did you start then? Oh, uh, like when you first began your career? Well, it, it's cool because all of my roots are in Prairie Spirit. So as a student teacher, I student taught in Purdue. Mm. So last week I actually got to go out there, and it was just fun to be in that place where I was student teaching. Funny side story, though, at that time, and I'm very, very old, so this this is the context, right? When we got there, we weren't actually allowed in the staff room, like oh. at all, as student teachers. So 
we were told. Uh, and then it was basically, and there was two of us, you're in supervision Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the other one got Tuesday, Thursday, and then we flipped the week after. Like right. we got, we got tasks, <laughs> stay out of this area, eat your lunch with the kids, like whatever. It was a blast. What a great place. And then I interned in Prairie View, which is so oh, cool. That is cool. So got to be there. Uh, it was not Prairie Spirit at that time, of course, again, because I yeah. said it was very old. Yeah. And then I started in Laird, Saskatchewan. Oh, very K-1-2, nice. 36 students a halftime EA. Okay. So that was where I got to start. Uh, beauty, beauty school. Part, I was telling them, because I was there the other day too, and I was telling them that part of my interview was, will you go to hockey games for your students? <laughs> I said, yes. And will you play with the kids at recess when you're on supervision? And I said, yes. And I got the job. <laughs> there that, you go. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that almost sounds like the advice my dad gave me. When, like, so I, I interned in Purdue as well. Uh, well, it's oh, sweet. Yeah, that's where I first started because I grew up halfway between Asquith and Purdue, so that was a pretty natural place. Nice. The advice my dad gave me when I started was um, if they ask you to do something and you can do it, you say yes. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, then you do it kind of thing. So I think that's <laughs> that's good. I yeah. think that's good advice, actually. Still is. Yeah. So what did you learn from that first uh, post, that first job there in Laird with the uh, Oh, man. It comes down to those questions, right? The importance of relationships with kids. And so when you are playing with kids at recess, when you go to their hockey games uh, in the evening, when you show up at a dance recital and all those pieces, those are the bigger pieces. Because, you know, I was a coach for 26 years of my career, right? And and we share that uh, mm -hmm. love of coaching. And, and that those relationships are, are huge to everything you do in and outside the classroom. And I think that a lot of how I learned to teach was actually how I coached and, and then it went back and forth. Right. So that, that was a big learning for me. I have never been so tired and yeah. I was not teaching during this pandemic year. So I don't have that to compare to. I was in a different position, but um, there were just so many students and I never felt like I got to nearly enough of them at any given time. Um, so that, I think that's first year teacher guilt a little bit, right? And and I, I remember weekends, you'd have all your binders laid out and whatever that looked like, right? In your living room. And all I was doing was trying to find, what am I going to do next, right? And yeah. who, and I didn't have a lot of, at that time, I didn't have a lot of people to reach out to, to go, hey, do you have a K-1-2 split? And how do you do that, right? There weren't a lot of people doing that kind of a split. So, and it wasn't the way you did things at that time. So that, that was... I learned to work very hard and um, I did try to seek out other people who might give me some advice because I wanted to do a good job. That, <laughs> that's interesting. Like 36 is a lot. <laughs> like, uh, a lot of young kids. That's a lot of, that's a lot of energy they're throwing around. I would imagine. Oh yeah. But that idea of like those relationships being so important. I think I learned that at Purdue as well. And I think I've told this story before, but interning there and then i went back and taught there actually later too nice. we always would have lunch out in the hallway with the kids and just that like sitting there like being yeah. like yeah. you didn't have to work really hard at relationships just because you spent time with them and you hung out with them and you heard their stories and you kind of crack watch mm -hmm. them and all those fun things and it just just how much that paid dividends in the classroom when somebody is struggling with something and you've already had a relationship with them and they'll they'll be vulnerable because they know you have their interests at heart and those types of things like you get so much further and i think i think that's one of the things you really learn in small schools when the community is so tight is that it's like oh there are there are massive benefits to this type of yeah. relationship that i have with kids yeah i would assume you kind of carried that forward into your yeah next post. it's stuck yeah Where'd you head to after that then? So I headed uh, that I headed to Hepburn. Okay. And and this is an interesting story, and it's also a sign of the times and 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 age. How old I am? But I was the principal at Laird, mm -hmm. and uh, I was pregnant. Mm. And at that time, maternity leaves were not a thing for principals. Okay. Um, be, like, partially there weren't very many female principals. Yeah. Um, but also it just like, it just wasn't a thing. And so I needed to have a change in uh, position okay. to come back to. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Hepburn, which was, which was awesome as well. And that, that's where I live. So that was kind of fun. 
to walk to work was a whole new experience. And <laughs> yeah, that was good. When you think back to uh, like when you started in those different positions and like the benefit of what you know now, what would you tell? What would you tell oh, yourself yeah. as you started? Wow. You know, I I was thinking a lot about that and what I might tell someone who was starting teaching like next month or in August, right? Like mm-hmm. what, what would I say uh, to people? And I think about um, it's kind of advice I've gotten all along the way in my journey. Um, be true to yourself. So um, I think, like you said, you know, if you can do it, say yes. And I think that our, our stance as educators of who we are is so important. So um, stay curious is what I would say. Always be a learner first. Um, and I think about often about how might we serve. And I think about our learners. And, uh, you know, as a beginning teacher, like that was the thing that kept me up at night is how I, how can I help this one learner figure this out? And yet, what am I going to do with the other 34 while I'm meeting with this group of two, right? Like, how yeah. does that all work? Yeah. So navigating this. So I thought a lot about that. I thought about your compelling why and, and hanging on to that. And, you know, like starting in Laird, like, such a beautiful, beautiful place. And the, and like you said, the community just wraps the school and it's the most wonderful, you know, they find out that you're, what, you're still at the school at seven, someone's bringing over a casserole, yeah. right? Like that's just how beautiful it is, right? Yeah. But you also then never turned off. So, because you're on supervision pretty much almost every day because there's only four staff, right? Yeah. And so you're on supervision, you're teaching, you're doing this and you're trying to figure out when you're going to, so, so how do you make sure that at the end of the day, your compelling why is still what you're going after with your kids. And I, for a very brief time, full confession, I actually went to phonics workbooks. Oh, yeah. I'm saying it on the air with phonics. <laughs> yeah. I went there for, I think, three months. Okay, yeah. And I, I recognized what it was doing to my students. And I knew that that was, it was easier for me, not okay. Yeah. So I, I really stuck to that piece. I, the other thing, and this is just, it sounds very silly, but drink more water. <laughs> yeah, Be- no, no, Because, no. right, you don't think about things like that some days. You can go for hours with nothing and you miss your lunch because you were on supervision and then somebody scraped their knee and then before you know it, it's one and you're going. And, and so I would totally say that, drink more water. I, I I really connect with that. It's funny <laughs> because like I remember many, many years where I didn't even pack a lunch. I was like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll have a, I'll find yeah, a granola bar yeah. here or there. And yeah. now I think like, oh, my, I would die. <laughs> like I yeah. have to eat regularly and drink water or else it's going to be a terrible, terrible day. Right? Yeah. The other thing I connect <laughs> with just that idea of figuring out who you are. And I think that's hard when you first start because you yeah. are learning a profession and you are learning your craft. And there are like there there are just parts you have to figure out about like what teaching is and logistics of it and setting up a lesson and and discipline and all those things. But you also have to figure out who you are and how you're going to interact with those kids and what like what you bring. And I found that really challenging at the beginning because you kind of have an idea of what education is supposed to be, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. what you are in education. And like so the example I give. When I first, I first started in Delal Comp, that was my first, like, mm. you're getting paid to be a teacher now job. Right. Um, <laughs> and it was really, really, it was great. I was coaching senior boys basketball, but I had a, I had a conception in my head or an idea in my head about what a coach was. And the boys had an idea of what a coach was. Mm. And a coach was supposed to be, it was coach was supposed to yell to motivate and to be very like, hard and like like what yep. whatever those terms are basically and i had i had been coached that way growing up as well and so i tried to make that my identity i tried to make that the thing that i did was like oh, i'm going to be a tough guy kind of thing and it's like i'm not if you spend time yeah. with me for any amount of time i'm that's not who i am but i tried to do that for a while and then it took even like a couple of years i think before it's like this is i am not like i can do this i'm not enjoying this i don't think that has to be the way and then i I found a different path where I was like, oh, this is me more. And it, but it took a while to get to that before I was comfortable with that. And that's the thing I think that is really different. I don't know that there's a shortcut to it necessarily, figuring out what that is, but it took me a while to realize like, this is how I want to interact in this world with these kids. And like, I five, six, seven, I don't know how many years it took a while to get Mm -hmm. to that. 
Did you have anything similar like that? Like, did uh, before you figure out where, how you wanted to be? Yeah, I was gonna say that's so similar. Like, right? I remember uh, one of our university profs with, and like, I now I hear it. And I think, like, who says that? But don't smile until Christmas, yeah, right? Right. Like, there was that kind of like that kind of sense, and you're not there to be friends with your kids. Like, get them into a routine, kind of get all this stuff going, and. Yeah, I tried like all kinds of things. And it, yeah, it took me a long time to figure out what, just like the phonics workbooks, right? right. You're, you're, you're in survival mode lots of the time and you're thinking, okay, I can do this. If I do this, then I can do this. But none of that is what, who I was, I wasn't comfortable with that, right? And so that, like, just like you, I think about, even I remember class through management. Um, first thing I did with the kids is I put down a thing about the rules in Mrs. Jeske's classroom, right? And Took me a while before I realized actually if we make the rules together yeah. and we own the room together, there's a whole different classroom that's going to happen, right? And so yeah, it it and you know what? To be fair, I'm still learning about how how do you stay true to myself and true to what I believe. It doesn't really matter the role you're in. Yeah, it's a it's a learning journey. Oh, it's yeah. You think <laughs> you think someday you're going to be an adult, but <laughs> yeah, but then <laughs> I don't know when it happens. You know, I'm reading a great book right now, uh, Becoming Better Grownups. Oh, nice. It's by Brad Montag, and he's the guy who went around with the kid president. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's powerful, and it's he's exactly that. It's figuring out how to become a better grownup, yeah. which really means keep being a kid. Yeah. It, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that is that's for another podcast. Yeah, sure enough. You've already mentioned a couple of things just around uh, like no women principles and things like that. What else have you noticed has changed throughout kind of your oh. career in education and where we're at and what we do and all those types of things? You know, I think back in the day, if I can use that term, mm -hmm. <laughs> back in the day, you picked a profession uh, right out of high school. You did it and you stayed in it for 30 years and you left. Right. Like it was very much like that. And, and f for me, there was, there were kind of like, even though I wanted to be a trumpet player, there was secretary, nurse, teacher, kind of, that was how you were presented with things. And there was maybe a riff or two off of a couple of those, but basically those were the things, right? And so uh, I think about even when I had the opportunity to be the HR principal for the school division for a couple of years, um, initially we looked at a resume that had all kinds of experiences on it and you wondered, how come that person can't stick to something? Like there was that wondering. And of <laughs> yeah. course you have the conversation and you find out, well, they got to travel to Europe, right? They did this, this, this. But there was a almost like a negative look at something like that back then, where whereas now I think there are all kinds of beautiful experiences that people bring to when they come to the profession. And, and you might be in the profession for a while and then there's something else that you think, I could do this here and suddenly, mm -hmm. right? And so it, it, I think everything's opened up. And I think this, maybe the scariest and most exciting thing is we used to think we knew what we were preparing kids for after they left grade 12. We don't know that anymore. Yeah. We don't even know what the jobs are. So it shifted the, which I think was powerful from the content to actually the competency, right. And the, who the people are and how they learn. Like that to me was a beautiful thing to get to watch. For yeah, sure. when we could define all the possible outcomes or places you're going to land, then you can you can script it out. Um, but when there's yeah. different things that are going to happen, you you have to operate by principle then or by skill, right? Like that's exactly. I've mentioned this before. Anytime you eventually, if you chat with me long enough, I'm going to bring up some basketball or sports analogies. But <laughs> I I equate that to baseball versus basketball, and I coach uh -huh. both. But baseball is very scripted. There's only a set number of outcomes that can happen. And you can drill every single one of those things. And so you do drill every single one of those yeah. things. It yeah. can be repetitious. Whereas basketball is way more dynamic. There are way more things that can happen. Yeah. There are way more situations. And you you can you can drill some of those things that are going to happen over and over again. But many are only going to happen once. And so you have to have principles by which you play so that you can... It's the structure in which you make decisions. And I feel that's how we're preparing kids more now is to say, like, we don't know yeah. where you're going to end up, but if you have X, Y, and Z in your toolkit, yeah. you got a chance. You can probably figure totally. this out, right? But I think that's demanded more of us as teachers in a, in a this is challenging way, but also in a, like, well, challenging means it's interesting way too, which I think totally, is Totally, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think about like you can imagine um, 36 kids, right? And so you're trying to get desks in rows because yeah. that's how you do it, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I I remember for one of my university projects, I brought in a, a we, you had to make a model of a kindergarten classroom. Hmm. And so um, I I made one probably about this big and you can't see that people yeah. who are listening, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it was big, it was huge. And uh, made a classroom, and I didn't have any desks in that classroom. And I remember um, the prof kind of looked at it for a while, and then she said, do you mind if I put this in the staff lounge for a while? And I remember being extremely uh, put out because it was very heavy, and I had to carry it up the stairs to the staff lounge and whatever, and then I had to go pick. Anyway, it was just interesting. Uh, And I remember asking for a table, and I remember – Robert Gear is my principal. And so he was like, sure. What what do you want a table for? I want kids to work around a table. was like, okay. So like, so cool, right? Uh, Really had awesome principles along the way that let me try things and that kind of thing. So that for me, uh, I think along the journey that those kind of things shifted in my world from desks, straight and rolls for teacher at the front. I remember uh, I put my desk at the back of the classroom in my second year. And it was like... (laughs) What have what have you done, right? Like, where's yeah. your desk? Get it back. Like, that was just interesting. But I was evaluated in my first year as a teacher when the director came around, and there was a, a paper, and it was, did I change anything on the bulletin board from the last visit? Oh, Those so the, that was like, the metric, eh? <laughs> that was one of the key metrics, and so that was really interesting for me. And very quickly, I figured out it, these bulletin boards shouldn't be mine. <laughs> They should be the kids, right? And then that that was really kind of easy to go. But I think about desks and rows. I think about teachers at the front, uh, di- you know, dispensing all the wonderful knowledge. I think about being alone in your classroom as a silo. And then as time went on, getting to connect with other teachers, getting to to be in, you know, groups to, to pilot things. And there were other teachers in the division who taught too. Like, imagine that, right? <laughs> so how fun is that? So those are all things that changed over over my career big time. I I entered at a point when there was some intentionality, I think, around like partnering teachers up or like creating groups. And I mm. was the beneficiary of that. Like, I think when I first started, I, I was doing science and math and I was a phys ed major with an English minor. So there was a whole bunch of stuff I needed to learn. And I just, yeah. the, the benefit I got from being in some of those PLCs at the start and being able to I like, I was super fortunate. The principal, uh, Dwayne Hauk at the time of Purdue and Jeff Chilbeck was the VP still there, which is fantastic. (laughs) But they made time for me to go to ask with and connect with David Haladi, who was my high school science teacher who like, and his thing that I loved him because he, he, he was like, I don't really care what the content is. You know, I care that you love science. Like I care that by when you go through seven, eight, nine, ten science, you get enough love of this so that when we get to the part where you have to balance chemical equations and it isn't necessarily as fun, you still love science. (laughs) So I was like, that's what I want my kids to be able to do. So being able to like pick the brains of some people like that. And then when we were in PLCs with some of the larger um, groups that brought people together, it was like, that was a pretty foundational shift, I think, to be like, if we do this together, we will get further ahead. Uh, and exactly. selfishly, I'm going to be way better at this because I'm like standing on the shoulders of giants, basically. So I think that has been a huge, huge, huge shift, or at least what, even yeah. what I've seen in my limited yeah. career, I guess. So, Yeah, and specific to Prairie Spirit, right? When I think about what you're describing, like that teacher, I want you to love science, not that makes me think of our aspirational goals and our yeah. strategic plan. That makes me think of my Prairie Spirit classroom. I think about just when you said the standing on the shoulders of giants. I mean, I think about Karen Campbell right. and how she she invited, but it was much stronger than invite for us to think about what what do we know about learning? Let's talk about that. Let's not worry about this over here. Let's get let's go here. And then at the end of the day, when you have to do this, you got it right. You, yeah. you love the work. It, it's beautiful. I think about Kim Bolio and the deep questions he would ask and he'd never give you an answer, Yeah, but he'd give you another question and write it and it, and it made you like, what? I think about John Kuzbik, like that's the giant whose shoulders I have had the privilege of getting to stand on for a while here. And, and that focus on a relentless focus on learning 
that's that's allowed us to go really deep into exactly that the love of learning which is everything there's a couple of really good points i'm going to ask a couple of follow-up things here um one is around so karen campbell was uh the superintendent when i was both in clavette and in clonze and she was as you said amazing because she would ask you tough questions that made you think which you did not appreciate at first mm-hmm. i just want you to come give me my gold star for doing what i'm supposed to be doing like that's really all i want this interaction to be but she was not interested in doing that she was like no i'm going to help you develop <laughs> so i'm going to ask you some questions to make you think <laughs> which was really really good but it takes a while to get to feeling comfortable with that like oh this is the interaction we're going to have like and same thing i think with kim is a great example of like mm-hmm going to make you realize that there isn't one answer to this there is him there is a question we're going to consider and there's multiple different paths we can walk to get to a destination that's acceptable here and you have to be comfortable with that ambiguity and you kind of need some people in your life that i think that you do help you think that way right instead of being like there there's one right answer just because they're like there's too many different skill sets with too many different people who can attack it different ways for there to be one right answer as to the way we do it so I think that's really interesting. But I also just the thing you mentioned about like my Prairie Spirit classroom. So that came about from a bunch of thinking from a bunch of people. Can you take us back a little bit about like what yeah. was the path that we went through to get to that? Yeah, uh, that's yeah, I, I sure can. I think that's amazing. I just just a quick jump onto what you just described. Mm-hmm. When you get to be a director and you get to put together a team that's going to lead in the division, mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Right? You, you know, I picked you to be a coordinator on our team because of what you bring to the team and it, it invites and it also nudges us into places we may not have gotten because you are in the room. And that's, that's a big piece. Uh, I think as a, a growing and learning educator, you want those people in your life to, to nudge you and move you and grow, help you grow. And then as you get into different positions in the school division, whether you're not a classroom teacher, you might get into administration or into senior administration that becomes even more important when you build that team. So for sure. So my yeah. Prairie Spirit classroom, ha, huh, it, it's kind of cool, right? There, there's, uh, in a, we, we wrote a chapter in a book with Keith Walker around it. And we talked about the humble beginnings. And, um, when John Kuzbik was the director, the strategic plan had, uh, three circles and the learner was put into the, the middle of the circle. So that was some work that we did as a, uh, senior admin team around mm-hmm. the strategic plan. And then, of course, as strategic plans are meant to do is provide the umbrella for the rest of the division to what, what does that look like and how do we actualize that in, you know, in the work of the division, in the work of schools, in the work of classrooms and, and all of those things. And the beauty of that and can, I think continues to be the beauty in our school division is how those are so closely connected. They, they are the same in lots of ways. What we want our kindergarten students to do is what we want our superintendents to do, is what we want our board members to do, is what we want, like, right? Those are the, those are just good, solid pedagogical things. So there was that. And what we were talking about with our administrators in our alt meetings was about pedagogy and about optimal learning environments. Mm-hmm. And I can just, I clearly remember the alt meeting. We were in the Brian King Center, um, we had just read an article about uh, turning and talking and how might we gather some information on on uh, what kind of strategies that people are using just to engage voice, right? And I remember that some of the feedback at the end of the meeting was, well, we need like a list of things to look for in classrooms. Like what strategy should we be looking for? What What is what do we want our learning environment to look like? What makes it optimal, right? Those are the sign of the, the questions. And so that's where the ask came from, our principals and vice principals, which I just think at the end of the day, oh my word, like it makes my heart kind of melt mm. that we have the kind of administrators in our division who want that level for their schools and their and their their learners, right? Big and small. And and so that's where we started, right? Like that kind of that kind of a place where so we went back and I remember uh, across the hall from where I am right now, we're in this room, the learning superintendents and John Kuzbik came in and he was a beauty uh, visual guy. He always had a visual for something you knew late in the day on a weekend when you started to get emails from him. Oh dear, we're getting another visual, <laughs> but wow. Right. So cool. So anyways, 
he had drawn up this thing and he said, here's what I think, here's where we got to go. We got to come up with a list of things. And so we started and it was, it was hours and hours and days and days. And it was, we'd write it, we'd, we'd invite him into the room and he'd like, no, go back, start over. Right. Yeah. And that, it was fun. It was a really fun, arduous process. We looked at a ton of research. We really looked at and wanted to honor what we had already been doing in Prairie Spirit School Division. Yeah. And then, so those pieces kind of came together. And I remember like initially just the idea of what statement might even go first on the list, right? Like it was, so there was a lot of intention behind what that might look like. So we took it back to alt and they kicked it around and they kicked it hard and, and which was good. Mm -hmm. uh, we took it back to the drawing board again and then we brought it back again and they, they kicked it some more. And, I, and then we got to a place where, okay, let's just give this to alt for a full year. And we're going to go through these statements and kind of learn about it. We called it a chewing year. Right. Right. And that's where we started. And it's like, I think about, I have a quote I wrote down here. It's from full and it's never a checklist, always complexity. There's no step-by-step -step shortcut to transformation. And so that's what we wanted in, even though our document looked like it was a list of statements, it wasn't a checklist. And so from day one, we said this is a career goal. Yeah. It's not a, we're not going to get this done in a year. Yeah. So that's kind of the start. That's where, well, where it started. And my next question was going to be, so if it's not a checklist, why is it? But I think, well, my next question is going to be like, how did it morph into a visual? But I think you probably just kind of answered that, right? Was it part of it to get away from that idea of it being like linear on a checklist yeah. type thing? Yeah. Is, is that the yeah. power in that? Or where did that come from? Yeah. You know, um, the year before I got to be the director, uh, we were doing a lot of work with the LFs, the learning facilitators, and in particular, Eric Walker and Josh Heinmarsh. Mm -hmm. And they had taken some courses in graphic design. And they were inviting us to think about visuals and how powerful they were uh, to engage staff, uh, to engage students. And why? when do you use a visual and why and all that kind of stuff. So they did a, they did a, did a bit of a talk. And one of the first things John Kuzbik let me do in, I think it was the end of May, uh, just before I got to be the director, is he said, I'm just going to give this to you. And like, what a, what a gifting. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, wow. Uh, I'll never forget that feeling. And he said, like, what do you think? And so I remember getting to sit down with Josh and Eric and saying, like, what does this look like? What could this look like visually? Right. And that's when that started and, it, and that visual went through all kinds of different groups looking at like what would be important to have in the visual, why this, why that. And I think one of the most beautiful things about the visual is the absence of the fourth wall. Right. And that literally came from very, very high end uh, resort places in uh, St. Lucia that you could stay in where you don't have a fourth wall of your place because it oh. overlooks the ocean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. The The thing I like about my first break classroom is because you can have a statement uh, like we serve all students or something like that, which is great. No one would disagree with that in any way, yeah. but it, it doesn't doesn't flesh it out enough for me to make decisions about what I need to do or because there's always going to be some time is a zero sum game. I don't, there's only so much of it and I got to make decisions about what I'm going to use that time with, right. with my learners to, to move them forward as best I can. So I think that there's many things that are valuable, that are useful, like that are, that you could choose to do, but if you want to make kind of your optimal decisions, I guess, um, you have to know where you're heading and what the, like what the goal is. And, yeah. and, and it has to be, there can be some fogginess, but it better be pretty clear what I'm trying to do. And that's why I like my first spirit classroom. It's like, it gives you kind of the bounds. It gives you kind of the goals you're headed towards. Um, it just makes it clearer than saying something like, well, we, we want our students to be successful or we want our students to be active. Yeah. Or we want our students to be engaged yeah. stuff like that. So I like, and I can see where administrators, uh, I think I was just starting to be an administrator when some of those conversations were happening around like, well, what, is, what would this look like? So I remember right. that kind of unease a little bit about like, well, what, it, like, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to be looking for when I walk in the classroom. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah and, uh, and I think like one of the ones and, and full disclosure, we were a little bit nudgy with the statement we put first. 
Maybe yeah. had our overarching one, right? Our overarching one is, you know, my praise for classroom is diverse in worldview and all those pieces. And this is how we learn together. That was our overarching. And then we led with 80, 20, right? Yeah. And I, I remember the first uh, alt meeting when we went through and we kind of had like, this is the pretty close to finish document here. And there was such, uh, there was a lot of pushback on that, like, that no, we can't put that first. Um, <laughs> probably more from our high schools than our elementary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but right, because like how that's a that's a paradigm shift in what you do in a classroom, right? Yes. And I think one of the most beautiful things, and our, our administrators always, I'm always blown away with what they take from an alt meeting and take back to their school and how they do things, right? And the one that blew, like in this case, Greg Tebay went back to his staff and he brought them a, the negative view of every one of the statements right and so when he says in my classroom the teacher does the majority of the talking students are meant to be seen and not heard and no value comes from having students talk about their learning well yeah suddenly you couldn't argue with the 80 20 statement anymore because they didn't want that right yeah so i think that was that was just a neat way uh, i thought what a powerful way really uh actually we don't want that. We don't want that. We do want this. And then it was about how do we get there? Yeah. Right? What's that the, was big. What's the day-to-day, -day, what decisions do I make to make that happen? Right? That's the word. Yeah. 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 So then where did like the aspirational goals kind of, like, is that the next, is that to make it clear or to find the nuances of it? Or like, how does, how do those fit together in your mind? Just as we wanted my Prairie Spirit classroom to be a career goal. Mm-hmm. When we looked at um, the strategic plan and and maybe not so much the one we had prior to the one we have now, but other strategic plans, uh, very specific, you know, by 2020, 80% yeah. of students will do this percentage of this. And we, as a division, had always been about all of our learners and really wanted what we want for our students to be what we want for our adults. And so... Um, I did a lot of research around strategic planning at that time and the move and the move is still around being much more aspirational, not about having a three year plan that has these whatever, not to say we need that and we need that for certain audiences. Right. Yeah. But how might we think about just like we think about my pre-spirit classroom being this long term? I, I think the, the quote that pushed us here was from Fullen. And he said, engage the world, change the world, do good, learn always, and know without a shadow of a doubt, those are some of my words, you matter to the world. And when if that's what we want for our students, it's not about, and then again, it's standing on the shoulders of all these giants we just talked about, right? And it's not about, uh, in Prairie Spirit, in reading data, students will get 80% of that. Right. We wanted to talk about just like your teacher said to you, your science teacher, I want you to love science. Yeah. We wanted our Prairie Spirit readers to love reading. And we wanted that to happen not only during ELA, right, but within the day and then outside of the day. And so that, that was a big push of that. I think it always goes back to the compelling why, right, uh, of what do we want. And, and our compelling why for Prairie Spirit is my Prairie Spirit classroom. That we want learning to look like that and sound like that and feel like that. And and we want that times a million for all of our learners, right? So that's kind of that's kind of where it came down. I think I remember as we were again taking this to different groups and getting their feedback and and even talking about like, so which should come first in the strategic plan? I like lots of people thought, well, my, my Prairie Spirit graduates should come first because that's our ultimate goal. Hmm. We actually, in the role, not that they're in, in an order rank, but we have Prairie Spirit learners first. Because just as your science teacher said, we, we want people to love the learning of it. And, and we know that after that, the, the other pieces will come. Like, I think there's, a, there's all kinds of beautiful things that could happen next on our plan because we've learned some things, especially this year through the pandemic, that are now something we want to pay really close attention to. Like, I think about citizens of the world right mm. like what have we learned right now about being kind to your neighbor and yeah. what where might that sit on a, on a strategic plan and and how does that impact the bigger world right like that's that's huge yeah totally yeah. how so I, i'll confess i'm not a strategic plan expert 
but the ones I have seen are are the hey eighty percent at this time smart goal type thing. How hard was it to move? I don't know the board, senior man, all this stuff. Mm. And be like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna think about this a little differently. Like, what was the thing that either people go, yes, I connect with that, or it's like, I feel comfortable moving to this because it aligns with whatever. Like, I'm just interested yeah. in that idea. How did? Because it it is quite different than some other strategic plans I've seen for sure. Yeah, and and to be fair, ours is called a strategic planning framework, mm. and so it does sit like above. So, do we have those? Um, I'll call them traditional or old school strategic plans. We do. Yeah. The, the learning superintendents have, we have our key areas that align with the, the provincial education plan. They, we have a strategic plan. Um, facilities has a strategic plan right. and they they have data and they have all. So we, we still have those pieces. Yeah. Um, one of the things that our board was really um, focused on, uh, I, I would say to you that I bragged about our board anywhere I, I had the chance because they, they were a learning board and they, they really believed in the, the, the larger aspirational purpose of right. learning. And they wanted, we wanted our Prairie Spirit students to be much more than, and, and we find this all the time, right? Our um, employers will say, I don't look to see what the student got in physics. I'm looking to see if they can solve problems and do they know how to communicate? And if I gave them, you know, something can they creative find a creative way to do it in a different way, right? Like that's that's what they're looking for, and so not that those marks aren't important. Uh, we have a, an audience for those marks, and we need yeah. to have them, and, yeah. and we we need to communicate them. Um, but it's bigger than that, and so uh, the journey was like quite honestly, when I think about just the know your impact on learning. I mean, we literally had bowls of milk in the boardroom at the table. And I encourage them to put food coloring in the milk and know your impact. Right. And, and we, like, we could, we could go there because they believed so strongly in wanting to be learning and knowing how much every decision they make impacts learning in our school division. And, and so that, yeah, there was, there was a, there was a real openness for that. Uh, we have a wall. We used to have a wall. Yeah. <laughs> we still have walls, but <laughs> we had a data wall, which was beautiful. And it showed adult and student learning in Prairie Spirit and the stories of, and we would meet at that wall and get to hear about what's learning, like what's happening in early learning right now and what, what can we see as evidence that this is happening in our division? Did we put our data up towards our goals for the province? Sure we did. That was some of the data. Right. Um, and I think the other beautiful thing about our plan is the triangulation of evidence where we do look at that data is important, and so is this data, and so is that data, right? And all of that tells us the big story. Yeah. Well, just going back a bit, there something as foundational as my Prairie Spirit classroom and the aspirational goals. I would imagine that there's a team of people that would have been involved in that, that would have done a bunch of that work. That's Would that be true? That would be so true. You're absolutely right. I think what you never hear, hopefully you never hear from a leader, is the word I. Yeah. Uh, unless you're owning something because you want to take it off people's backs, right? But that, that's huge. Um, I, I think about uh, a blogger that I follow, Skip Pritchard, and he talks about um, it, when you have to think about something like it goes without saying. I, I think about that in the work a lot. It goes without saying. There's a whole lot of people that come together to be a team. So for me, when I say that, I, I'm really thinking about our senior admin team. And for me, that means our coordinator team and our learning superintendents admin council, that, that team. And those are the people that um, are are neck deep in the work every day, and they're 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 really focusing on what does my Prairie Spirit classroom look like, sound like, and feel like every day for all of our learners, uh, the adults, right, and for our kids, and what's all the work that needs to go into that. So I want to share a quote. Um, this is from Ann Davies and Sandra Herbst, mm. and this quote for me describes what the journey is like working with that team of people. Leading change requires courage. We must consciously and deliberately work through it with grace, honesty, and humor. And we do that together with our colleagues as a team. As leaders, we acknowledge that we will make mistakes and we actively seek solutions while modeling how we support learning and what that looks like in our everyday life. And so some of that is, is my words kind of mixed in with their words, but 
for me, that epitomizes the team that I get to work with in Prairie Spirit, the coordinator team and our admin council team, a team that works very, very hard every day, that does hard, hard work. And they do that with, as it says in the quote, with grace, with honesty, and with humor. Uh, you need to have, be able to have a lot of fun with people that are doing heavy lifting. Otherwise, it's too heavy. And so the beauty, uh, I, I just think that those people exemplify my, my prairie spirit classroom at its finest. Side by side, collaboration, like all those big ideas, right? All of those things, that's the work of those people. And I would celebrate those people on every stage in the world, if I could, that they're, they're, they make the load light and heavy at the same time, but we do it together, we share. And so I, I want to celebrate those people um, every day of the year. That's fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. I, just to connect to that a little bit, um, the, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, I listened to a podcast, but read somebody. He's the, the head of Netflix. And I really liked... Um, his take on just when you deal with things that are really complex, you can have guidelines and principles, but it's really hard to have hard and fast rules. And you, you learn what it means through the examples and through the modeling that happens. So you have to deal with situations as they come and figure it out. And like, does this fit our principles? Does this align all that kind of stuff? And that's what I think about when I think about, um, kind of like admin council and to, to some, I am a coordinator, so I will say to a lesser yes. extent coordinators, but, uh, but it is like doing that work to figure out, okay, this is the big principle we have. What does this look like? How do we model that? What, how does it all fit together? And so that's, right. yeah, that's what I connect with what you're saying there. And that's the complexity. I think I, earlier I spoke about that when a target holds still yeah. and people can see it, they can hit it. That's the complexity there because everything there's always something new coming to the table. And so that's when you look at those bigger principles and you say, does this fit? Do we, does it, does it, do we need it? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and how does it fit with this? And if it doesn't fit with that, then it's having the courage really to say no. And, and everything that comes is pretty much good. Right. Yeah. And so it's figuring out which are, which are the things that stick and stay and which are the things that not right now and which are go. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? That is the hardest thing is to say like, this is really good, but no, I'm good. Thanks. Like I, this, yes. this doesn't really fit with what we're doing. It doesn't mean it's bad, but we're good. Thanks. We're going to move yeah. down this path. Yeah. And I hope that that is the beauty of holding on to something like my Prairie Spirit classroom for years and years and years. It's not doing the same thing all the time because we can't think of anything else better to do or <laughs> yeah. right. It's not about that. It's about, like we go deeper every year and it, it, it blows my socks off how people take this, my prayer spirit classroom and go, and it looks like this and it looks like that. And yeah. it looks like it, it's beautiful, but it, it is holding it still and saying no to things that would be good and saying yes to things that are great. Right. It's good to great. Right. Like that's a big yeah. Yeah, that's Angela Duckworth talks about that, about the difference between nuance and novelty. And we get excited about novelty. And I've talked about this before, but we talk, we get excited about novelty because it's new and it's fun and exciting. But the real work about like, like fulfilling work is when you get to the nuances of it, when it's like you figure out how these small pieces click together and it makes big changes. And like, that's the fun stuff, you know? Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. So kind of leads me to my last couple of questions here, which is always like, where are we trying to get to? Where are we now? Mm. <laughs> like, where do we go next kind of thing? So when you think about, and this, you can take this wherever you want, kind of, I guess, but like, when you think about where we're trying to get to with education specific to Prairie Spirit School Division, what do you think, like, what do you think is our ultimate goal with our, with our kids? And where do you think we are now in that work? Yeah. Wow. That's so poignant when we think about right now being now at the end of a yeah. year and a half of pandemic. But I think about I I think about our the questions that we're asking about Prairie Spirit learners right now and inviting them to be a part of what am I learning and how do I know and what are my next steps. That agency uh, for students to be able to have that level of control in their learning, I think it's huge. And all of those things always come from what came before, right? Yeah. And some of it's foundational and some of it is uh, 
right? Bam, we got this happened and we pivoted here and suddenly we know. And like that, that just makes me think about just the different ways in which our staff, even, even last spring, pivoted and responded to what students were learning. And I, I think about one email that we got in particular from a family and we're so sorry, our internet is so bad, we couldn't really get on to, learn, to online learning. Um, here's some of the things we did with our kids in the spring. And like the list is like, there's the ultimate report card if you really wanna find one, right? It was all the stuff they learned about gardening and what they did with their, you know, their pets and like all that kind of stuff. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So there's, a, there's an authenticity of the learning that's happening, I think for sure. I think about the critical skills. Um, the Conference Board of Canada always puts out information around what are the most critical skills that students need to know and to be successful right now. And they don't actually mention that you need six forms of ELA. Like that's yeah. not on their list, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but but you do need to communicate. Yeah. So do you know how to do that? Do you have the skills to do that? And so I think about there's things that we know. Um, and I think about the question we've been asking this year in particular, right? Around, you know, what does a learning ecosystem worthy of our learners look like? And so we've learned things in this last year around learning happens in brick and mortar, but it also happens in all of these other places. It happens everywhere. And so how do we continue uh, supporting that and recognizing that we've now had kids who did learning in a whole different way and they're okay. Like that, that's now what do we do with that? Well, you guys just all come back and we're going to teach you the way we did 2019 because yeah. that worked for us then. We're not the same anymore. And, and neither is our, our whole world's not the same. So I think one of the beautiful things of the many beautiful things about Prairie Spirit is just that, that we're learners. We're always learning. And when we learn more, we, we do better, right? And not to say it wasn't good before, but we know something now. I think we know now that our kids, uh, they, they are amazing. They can do hard things. Our teachers have done hard, hard things. Yeah. And so how do we support them in, in going forward, I think is going to be huge for the division. And I think we're in a, a great space in terms of the people we have. Um, I, I did a bit of a road trip the last week to go see all our schools. Mm -hmm. And I just needed to see people's eyes mostly. Um, but I, I left every place so incredibly proud of who we have, who's holding this beautiful gift we have that's and who's going to help to make it worthy of our learners, we're in a really good place. Um, we have people who believe in side-by-side -side and relationships and choice. And like we have those people in place to take care of the learners. And so I think we're going to, I think we're going to be in a great place actually. Yeah. I can hardly wait to watch what you guys do next. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you just talked about, like we've talked a little bit here just about like where Prairie Spirit has come and stuff. And I just, that idea of um, being learners. So mm. I started what 2003 or so, and had, and I may not have just had a full understanding of what we were trying to do as a school division. I mean, I started. This is pre-amalgamation too, right? Like it was Saskatoon right. at the time. But in the last X number of years, I have been very, very, very impressed and proud and happy to be part of a school division that is very intentional about saying like adults are learners too. Like we're not just talking about kids. We're talking about our adults yeah. and not just paying lip service to that. And cause it sounds nice. Like, Oh, we're all learners, but it's like, no, <laughs> like the, what happens at alt meetings, what happens at learning facilitator meetings, what happens at cert meetings? Like we, like there's a commitment to like, we are going to learn. And as adults, we're going to learn. And mm -hmm. I think that is, I think you personally have played a huge role in that. I've seen you lead that work and I think it has been fantastic. And I've, I've only ever worked in either Saskatoon West or Prairie Spirit. So I can't say, well, these other schools, but I am kind of saying these other school divisions, I'm not, I'm not shots across the bow or anything, but when I talk to colleagues from other places, I think that they are continually amazed that it's like, you guys do that at like an alt meeting. You guys talk uh, about that at a learn, like your adults will engage in those conversations. And I mm. think, and it's, yeah, they do. They are, mm -hmm. they are interested in learning. They are interested in reflecting. They are interested in making themselves better and engaging in the work with other professionals mm. because they know ultimately like this is going to impact our kids. And I think yeah. that focus on adult learning is amazing. 
And it's, it makes me proud to be per, part of Prairie Spirit. I think that, like, I know you're going to say it's like it's been a team effort, and I, I don't doubt it has been, but I know that you have been that I think is part of your impact too, which I think has been fantastic. So I want you to know that, I guess, that I think like that is something about Prairie Spirit that I think is fantastic. So <laughs> knowing that, then uh, my question for you is like, what are you proud of about oh. your impact? In and I know this is kind of, I, I, I hate when this question is asked because like, well, I'm going to brag about myself for a while here. <laughs> <laughs> but so I am asking you to kind of brag about yourself a little bit, but what are the things that you're proud of um, as you think about your time in Prairie Spirit? Wow. You know, um, uh, I'm so proud of my Prairie Spirit classroom. And you, you bet it's a team effort and it, it continues to be. Uh, I think about uh, being in a meeting not that long ago, just a few months ago, where a teacher shared how she got to present in Europe. And she presented on my Prairie Spirit classroom. And she said that there were people crying in the audience. Mm. And they, the feedback they gave was we didn't know that this could actually happen somewhere. And I, I was listening to that going, Oh, Oh my goodness. Like, and I think we've known all, all along, we have really something pretty special here. It's a clarity mm-hmm. that when you, when you like, right. It's when students can hit any target that holds still and they can see, right. Just like adults. Yeah. And so we've tried to hold this really, really still for a very long time for people to like you think about that, I think about that quote, right? Um, something about the anonymous uh, when it's by someone anonymous. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> At first, he said it couldn't be done, uh, but some were doing it, right? And then they say, you know, only a special few can do it, but more were doing it. And then they said, why would we do it any other way? Right. So the beauty of Prairie Spirit, I think, my Prairie Spirit classroom is that's where we are. Um, I was presenting in Hawaii with Sandra Herbst at a leadership conference. And I, I got to share about my Prairie Spirit classroom. And um, I talked about how the people who are behind this work, because it's always about the people. And I talked about um, the way in which this is how, this is who they are, and this is how they live. And this is, this is, this is the why. And we have this shared why in the school division. That's pretty, it's a pretty special gift. And I think every chance we get to impact the learners and it, and they're bigger, they're small, right? That is a that's a good day, and in Prairie Spirit, that those there's a lot of good days, I, I believe. And so I I bragged about our school division every chance I get, everywhere I get to speak. Uh, I do remember uh, at another place that I was on Vancouver Island and at a leadership uh, symposium there, and uh, getting to be a coach and go around and coach with people from all across Canada, and the first thing they would go is, can I have a copy of that visual? And so, uh, you know, we share, we always share, right? And and then they would want to know the story behind. And and I could just tell them story after story after story after story of what what's happening in classrooms. Uh, so, you know, there's a piece of me that if if I can go to this place, and it is a little bit hard for me, but I, I'm pretty pumped that principals and teachers in our division take the time to send me something when they're excited about it. Or when they're not, mm-hmm. and they're not, they're not happy. Um, to me, that's a gift of uh, respect and trust that I I have cherished. Uh, so it's it's interesting wherever I am. I I don't have to think like, what am I going to say? I don't I don't really have a story <laughs> or something. I got a million of them. Yeah. Because they've been gifted to me, which is um, un- unbelievable. I often can and can and do sometimes you know bring you to tears because it's just they're just beautiful. I really think about what you said too around um, the focus on learning and the adults and the students. Uh, something that I got to build on the shoulders of, of something Evelyn Novak was really strong, uh, a strong component of is collaboration. And so our managers in our school division have had meetings that focused on my Prairie Spirit classroom. They know what it is, they get it. Our, our facilities team has, had, has been a part of those things. I know that all Susan Protz has to do is say, I've got a student here in this school and we need to do something to help them to be able to learn in the school. They're there. Yeah. Let's make it happen. I've got uh, up on my celebration wall outside the door here is a, is an email from, you know, Trevor Balick saying, man, we had a student who's struggling and facilities just stepped right in and, and here's what they did. And now this can happen. Right. So yeah. those are beautiful things. And I think about, 
uh, our, our transportation department. And when we have a student who needs help to be able to ride a bus, whew, this whole team comes together, we make it happen. And so our goal has been very much about, it doesn't matter who you are in Prairie Spirit. We all are learners and we all impact learning. And so it's as important for somebody who works in facilities to be know, to know about my Prairie Spirit classroom as it is for a classroom teacher in grade two, right? Like those, that's really important. So I, I celebrate that in our division. We've had a chance to do that. Uh, I celebrate learning for life. Um, that was something that I got to work with John Kuzbik when we first began that journey. Um, mm-hmm. I think about the book that came out last year at the end of a year of a pandemic where we're at home, right? Like yeah. what in the world? I sent that book to the Minister of Education hmm. and he told me he read it cover to cover and was was absolutely blown away by um, the learning focus that continued because most of the stories in there, they actually have a section on what they did during supplemental learning. And it's just powerful, right? I think about this year, another year of interruptions of year on self-isolation, now year on self-isolation, yeah. now this, like, oh my goodness, right? And, and someone could have said, do we have to do learning for life this year? Like, come on. And yet that's all we did all year because that's who we are. That's the the vision for the school division, right? Is learners for life. And so even again, and I mean, I sat in on three conversations that schools had and and was blown away by what they did in a year like this and and you're right i I think about conversations i've had with colleagues in other divisions this year and there's a little bit of a surprise you guys are still focusing on learning like you have to go through all those COVID protocols and stuff those weren't for then and and honestly i just said we had paul mctavish but (laughs) (laughs) and your faq that's enough that's good Oh, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, there's so many. There, I use I always use this analogy sometimes, or I've used this joke. I think I used it in my grad, but this, uh, there's two fish that are swimming by, uh, and an older fish goes by and says, like, how are the, how's the water today? And keeps going by, and the two young fish look at each other and, like, what's the water? Because they're just, they're immersed in it, right? So, and I think that's what, I think that's some of the things that you're mentioning about Prairie Spirit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I hadn't even, like, it's just almost taken for granted because I got the chance to just to chat with or be a fly on the wall for, I think there was four schools who were sharing at Learning for Life, uh, what they're talking about. I was like, this is, this is fantastic. So mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, two more questions for you then. So the first one is what's next for you? And I know you're still in the thick of it. It's June. You probably haven't thought past uh, today at 3.30. No. Uh, what, is there anything you're excited about looking forward to in your next step? Well, you're right. Um, uh, lots of people are asking me if I'm counting down the days. No, yeah. I'm not. I am, I am cherishing each day I have and I, it's going to come to the end and I'm not getting emotional. Yeah. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to cherish every day till till I have to be done. Yeah. Uh, and it will be the only have to because uh, I really try to live by the get to. Right. But it'll be a have to at that point. Yeah. Um, and that the the beauty is just all the things that happen in the month of June. I often say to people, they always go, so things are winding down. No, June winds <laughs> up, people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that, right? Yeah. Like that's huge. Uh, so, yeah. These next few uh, weeks until the end of July, I will get to be the director. Yeah. I am having some incredible opportunities to speak with the new director, Daryl Bazalak. Um, lots of opportunities to share about the amazing people and work in this school division. And extremely grateful for those opportunities. And, and I'm taking every one I get. Uh, and so he's going to get sick of some of the things I say, but I'll, I'll just keep saying them till I get shut up. Right. So yeah. that's, that's good. Good opportunities. Lots of last meetings. Right. And those always have a thing uh, even today. So Tracy and I get to be owners on the provincial education plan. And so uh, working on the learning response part of that plan. And today we'll have a meeting and, and that's exciting work that it's going to continue long, long uh, next 10 years in the province. Yeah. Uh, but excited uh, to have had a, some input into that and to be a part of that. That's huge. Uh, after that, this is like um, sort of throw a grenade into the room, right? So what we decided three weeks ago, 
why don't we just put our house up for sale and see, you know, what happens? Yeah, that goes. It's sold. Oh boy, congrats. Holy, yeah. <laughs> so it's sold. So there's a there's a move out date that's very quickly approaching, <laughs> which is kind of like so we've lived in our house for forty years. Oh wow. And I I could and and, and poor all people who've had to live through many many analogies of of renovations right. etc. Yeah, it's been a work of love that we've been able to have with our house from 1912, and it's been a beauty journey. Someone else is going to get to enjoy. It yeah. and we're going to move on. So we may very well be moving to the big city of Edmonton. Got some family is, there, right? Yeah, yeah, somewhat larger than Hepburn. A little bit, yeah. I've yeah, heard that. just a, just a little bit. <laughs> um, whereas we put the sign up on uh, Friday, I believe this old sign went up at four, and you know by six o'clock, everyone in Hepburn knew how much we sold it for and all that. We, we hadn't told anyone, but you know it's yeah. a small town. Yeah, it's all good. Totally. So there's that, but. Uh, Kayaking whenever I want is yeah. going to be a thing on the journey, and there are some books that are that are started. I would say to you that not to read but to write. So okay. doing some, I'm going to do some writing with Sandra Herbst. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we may just start doing a little bit of leadership work uh, as a team, and that that could be a lot of fun too. Nice. Um, but I do want to just be a full time, not just. I want to get to be a full time mom for a little while. Mm. I haven't seen my boys for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. So I want to be able to make supper and say, come on down and yeah. be down the few blocks as opposed to five hours, right? So, yeah, for sure. That yeah. sounds like a fantastic plan. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, and my last question, I said I had two. My last question is, you're always good for recommendations. So what are you reading or what should we read heading into the summary? Do you have anything? Oh. Off, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but anything you well, think? Well, I of? highly recommend uh, Becoming Better Grownups. That that yeah. has been very, very interesting. Okay. Very much highly recommend uh, Myron Duick's Giving Students a Say. Hmm. That's huge. Uh, Will Richardson is uh, from Master Teacher to Master Learner. If you read any book, read that one. It's short. It's packs a punch it's so good right on so those would be my top three okay that's perfect i appreciate year. it <laughs> okay i think we've used up enough of your time here so i want to thank um, you so much and i you will hear this a uh, bunch in the next little bit but thank you so much for um all you've done for prairie spirit thank you like as i mentioned before the impact you've had has been mm. tremendous and i think you can look back and know that you have made a very positive impact in the oh. lives of everyone in prairie spirit so thank you so much thank for that you. Thank you, Paul. No worries. Thank you to Lori for sharing her time and her thoughts with us this past hour. I think it's a great gift to get to reminisce and learn from someone who has been an educator for a number of years. Congratulations to her and to all of our other PSSD superannuates who have served so well for so many years and had such a huge impact on our school division, our students, and our communities. I hope you enjoy the time to relax. You've earned it. And that goes for all of you. I hope you have a relaxing and rejuvenating summer. We'll be back in the fall to chat again. Until then, stay safe and take care.